In today's show, I'm going to give you tips about salary cap drafts, formerly known as auction drafts, what you need to know before participating in one, and how you can get through and be successful. Michael Bolton. Michael, are you there? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Yesterday, we did a video about setting you up for a snake draft, how to dominate a snake draft, what you need to know, the, the strategies you need to employ, I think, to be successful. Again, you shouldn't be doing real life drafts yet. Even there's some mock drafts, I believe, open on ESPN. I wouldn't even bother participating in these. But this is a good way to get yourself primed, prepared for fantasy basketball season. You can watch this video now. Come back and watch this video again in a month. Come back and watch this video again in two months. Get yourself ready for your drafts. To get yourself ready for your drafts, this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we're going to be talking about salary cap drafts. Now, if you see that terminology on a site, it just means auction drafts. They renamed those um, to salary cap drafts. It is a little bit confusing because there are other drafts that actually do include salary caps and real salaries in the NBA. So there is um, some confusion there. I wouldn't say that this renaming of this term has necessarily taken off. So I'll probably drop in yeah, auction drafts when I'm talking. I'll, I'll drop in salary cap when I'm talking. But I uh, I do applaud the effort to to do to change that name and uh, and we'll try our best to to keep that name at the forefront. So salary cap drafts we're talking about here, which again used to be called auction drafts. One thing anyone who is watching this who has never done an auction draft salary cap draft, I implore you try it. At least do a mock draft. It is by far the best way of doing a fantasy draft, in my opinion. It is by far the most fun that you will have doing a fantasy draft. And I don't think really that that can be debated all that much. It is the best way by far. Now, there are, there are issues with it. So why doesn't everyone just do auction drafts? Why doesn't everyone do salary cap drafts? People are scared of it. You know, we know what a snake draft is. We know the format. I pick, John picks, Steve picks, Barnsey picks. Terry picks, Phil picks, Karen picks, Susie picks, whoever it is that picks, and then we go back in the next order, and then we go you know, reverse order, and we come back to me again, and then we go again. It's a standard thing. We see the NBA draft, the NFL draft. We see people doing drafts of what their favorite food is or their favorite Marvel character. We know how this stuff works. It is simple. A salary cap draft is very different. People are scared of things that are different. People are scared of things that are harder. Ooh, feels too hard for me. Ooh, not sure. Ooh, that's probably a little bit too advanced for me. It really isn't, but people have that idea. So that, that's why you, that's one of the number one excuses you get. And again, mock drafts, mock salary cap drafts will be available. Do them. And you know what? Kids, cover your ears. If you fuck it up, it doesn't matter. It's a mock draft. If you fuck it up, finish it off, go do the next one and try to fuck it up less. 
and then do the next one. And then guess what? Do the next one. And then again, do the next one. And really quickly, you won't have that fear anymore. Time. That's another reason why people don't want to do it. You can bang out a snake draft in 50 minutes, 45 minutes if you're really smashing through, maybe an hour. A salary cap draft, minimum, minimum 80 minutes, probably more like 90, probably closer to two hours. You've seen the the uh, the salary cap drafts that I do on the channel. They go two hours. Um, it's a lot more time. Now, the time investment, double the time versus the fun return. I would say you get three to four times more fun, completely unscientific measurement of fun there. I don't know how the hell you would measure that. But it is a big time investment. So be aware of that. And that's another reason why people are turned off. And it's experience. But you can get that experience. You just do mocks. But not understanding how it works. And if you are not experienced in fantasy basketball or experienced in salary cap drafts in general, if you just go in cold into one, you will almost undoubtedly lose that league and lose it in an embarrassing fashion. It will be a disaster. And that's that's just me being honest. That's why you need to, to watch videos like this, but also practice. And not having that experience going, if no one in your in your group of friends has done a salary cap draft before and you go, let's just do this, it is going to get wild. Now, if no one's got any experience, then maybe that's fine. But if one person does and everyone else doesn't, it will be a lopsided disaster in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. Guys, I'm going to tell you about a new sponsor and that is Sweat Block. Sweat Block is... Now, this is a doctor-created formula. It's doctor-recommended. And what it does is it helps to reduce embarrassing sweating. No one likes to be out in public with big pit sweat stains happening on their shirt. Like that. No, nobody wants that. There's, there are worse problems in the world for sure. But it's not a nice feeling to feel wet under your arms, to be embarrassed, especially when you're nervous and you're up present presenting in front of your boss and then all of a sudden you lift your arm to point at something and there's like a lake under your arm. Nobody likes that. Sweat, bro- sweat, sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed and the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know that this sounds too good to be true, but you only have to use it once or twice a week. That's how strong this stuff is. And it will keep you dry the whole time. No more big pit, pit stains. No more you're drowning in your own sweat. No more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this problem, hyperhidrosis is a real issue, uh, you have to check out Sweat Block. So, your little secret to confidence is these Sweat Block antiperspirant wipes. These are featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show. They're bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, and now you can get them at a discount. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Sweatblock.com, promo code locked on, and you can also get them at Amazon and at CVS. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. That's why this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Why would you endure off a pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They have all those parts that you need to fix your own car. Great way of saving money. 
Go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, let's talk more about salary cap drafts. Why else wouldn't you do an, a salary cap draft? Well, the, the quality of the league is important as well because, again, if everyone um, struggles with fantasy basketball, it's their first time doing it, that can be a bit of an issue and the disparity between talent in a, in a league like that can be pretty apparent pretty quickly. So that is something just to pay attention to. So what is a salary cap draft? You are each given a budget. Every every member of your of your league gets a budget of what they can bid to assign salaries to players. Usually it's $200, but it can be any number that is set. And you have to fill out your roster using that budget by bidding on players. Very, very simple stuff. So a player gets nominated. Maybe it's Kawhi. Actually, bad example because he's not going to play. I throw him out there for nomination. Steve goes, I'll have 50 bucks. For Yanni. And then I go, 50? Nah, mate, I'll have 52. And then Johnny over there goes, nah, 53. And then Big Phil out the back goes 56. And I go, no, 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 60. Going once, going twice, yours. I get Yanni, $60 out of my $200 budget is gone. So I have $140 left to fill out the other 12 spots on my roster. That is how it works. You use your roster to bid on whichever player you want. And that's one of the benefits of a salary cap draft is you literally have an opportunity to get every player in the draft. Now, once you start spending your money, some of these guys are going to get priced out. But depending on how you plan things out, every player gets nominated or every player has the potential to be nominated and you have the potential to bid on those players. Whether you get them or not depends on how you've um, dealt with your money. And every auction draft changes. It's very, very different. Because as soon as one guy goes off the board, if Giannis is nominated first, if Doncic is nominated first, if Derek Rose is nominated first, it changes everything because different money goes off the board, different bids go off the board, different team strategies, everything changes based on what happens with that first one and then the second one. It's like multiverse of possibilities with auction drafting. Um, a salary cap draft is probably the fairest way of doing it. We, we, and I talked about this yesterday that yeah, the difference between the number one player and the number five player is like the equivalent between five and 12 and then the equivalent between 12 and 30, then the equivalent between 30 and 70 and the equivalent between 70 and 130, right? So getting those top picks is so, so valuable in a snake draft. In a salary cap draft, anyone can get the top player. Anyone can get Jokic. Anyone can get Harden. Anyone can get Curry, Towns, whoever you want to have there. Anyone can get them. There is an inherent sense of fairness in a salary cap draft, assuming that all of the managers know what the hell they're doing. But there is an inherent sense of fairness in that anyone can get any player they want for any price they want. It is the market sets the price and that's how much the guy goes for and that's how much you're willing to spend on him. But anyone can get them. Whoever they want, they can get them whenever they want. So you need to know what your league is in a salary cap draft. Is it a redraft league or is it a dynasty league? And I'll say this now. If you are starting a dynasty league, by far the best way of doing a dynasty startup is an auction. It is the fairest way. You are going to have these players forever. And it's also a great way of assigning salaries to players in dynasty leagues. You bid him for $60. You've got him for $60. And then you have inflation and contracts. And you can do all that other shit with it. But you need to know what it is because obviously the value of players changes. Kawhi Leonard... In a redraft league, you're not going to do anything with him in, in, a, in, a, um, in a salary cap setting. In a dynasty, 
Maybe you're going to be able to get him cheaper because he's not going to play this year or play very limited this year, and you get him at a cheaper price. But understanding that value of, you know, Kay Cunningham this year, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green this year, they might be worth, you know, they might be $2 players or $4 players or whatever. But in Dynasty, they're $40 players. And it's a big difference. And you need to you need to make sure you understand what your league is. But this is across the board. You need to understand what your, your league is. Is it points league? Category league. What are the categories? Are you punting anything? Because, again, punting is going to change the value of players. It's going to change Doncic or Giannis from being the 15th best player to being the third or fourth best player. And their value goes from 50 bucks to 65 bucks in a redraft setting. You need to understand that. How many teams? This might seem stupid, but it is massively important. And I, the, the very simple example here is, is like this. Because the more teams that you introduce, the more money there is to spend. With 12 teams... There's $200 each team. That's $2,400 available in the total amount that gets distributed to the players. You add two more teams in and we go to $2,800. Now that means there's the 26 extra players get rostered, but the way a, a, an auction draft or a salary cap, cap draft usually works, it doesn't mean that, that money gets evenly distributed because all of the money gets pushed into the top end guys almost exclusively. So for every new team or two teams that you add, the inflation at the pointy end of the of the first round, the twenty top twenty players, goes up, not not in uh, not in ratio with how the rest of them go up, because the one dollar players, the last thirty or so guys drafted, they still remain one dollar players. The last forty players, they still all remain one dollar players. All of that extra money basically gets distributed at the top end of the draft. So a Giannis who might go for 60 ends up going for 75 because there's $400 extra out in the pool for people to bid on in a 14-team league. You go to a 20-team league and you're talking about um, an extra $1,600 going into that pool. And while more players do end up getting rostered, it just means a lot more $1 guys and a lot more guys who aren't that useful, whereas the premium on those high-end guys goes up. So you need to adjust your auction pricing based on how many teams are in there. 10-team league, yeah, the prices come down. It's It doesn't seem like it makes sense because you go, well, new teams, $200, new roster spots, it all should even out. That's not how it works. Roster size is important as well. Um, Because again, if I've got $200 to spend on 13 players versus $200 to spend on 16 players, yeah, the pricing changes. The average per slot changes. How much I'm be willing to spend on each particular area has to change as well. So it's almost the opposite. More teams, more money comes in. More roster spots, there's the same money, but less money around to spend. That's important to note. As it's equally important to know, how many active versus bench slots do you have? Because in general, and this is it's also important whether it's a daily or weekly changes league as well. Because in a weekly changes league, your bench is basically an injured reserve and you don't use them every week. You don't get they're not major players for you. So spending anything more than a dollar on those guys is pointless. If you are in a situation where you've got seven active players and six bench guys, then spend up for your top players. Because again, your bench, even in a daily changes league, in a 50-50 split like that, your bench is not used anywhere near as much. So having a well-rounded roster with everyone worth $14, $15 on average, well, not on average because it's always going to be on average, but you know, you've got a couple of 30 guys, some 20s, some 10s, and you go all the way down 12 deep, but you only can start seven guys every day. It's a waste of your resources. 
if you have a situation where you need 12 active with two bench, which is a wild scenario, but if you have that, then that that bench does become important because you're going to be using those 14 players. They're going to be used all the time. So this the value of player eight is basically the equivalent of player 14. They're going to be used just as often. So spending up and then having a whole bunch of you know, seven $1 guys is not as important as it is in doing that in a situation where you've got a 50-50 bench versus active split. That's important to note. Strategies. There's two major strategies. It's not like fantasy football where there's misleadingly named strategies. Zero running back, zero wide receiver, whatever. Bullshit strategies that fantasy football loves jerking themselves off about. Apologies to anyone who's a fantasy football person who loves those uh, those terms. But those terms get used. They're obviously wrong. But there's only really two... two um, Wrong, wrong naming of those things. I don't want to get into a fantasy football discussion here. Um, there's only two strategies, really, in an auction salary cap draft. Balanced or stars versus scrubs. Let's start with stars versus scrubs, even though I've got them the other way around on my sheet here. Stars versus scrubs means, or stars and scrubs, means that you pay up for big name players. Giannis, Luca, they're both worth $65 each, for example. We'll draft those guys. I'll get both of them on my team. $130 gone, and then I'm left with $70 for my remaining 11 slots. I might even, for good measure, throw in Bam Adebayo for $45, leaving me with three players for $170, the Los Angeles Lakers method of filling out a roster, three players for $170, and then 10 spots for $30. Bucks. So I've got these three guys who are going to carry me. I've got three potential top 15 players in a punt free throw situation. Maybe these are three top 12 players with two top five guys in Giannis and Luca. All right, so I've got those guys. And then the rest of my players, I try and pick off bargains around the way. $2 players, $3 player, maybe a $5 guy with some $1 guys mixed in there. That's your stars versus scrubs. Balanced is like I mentioned before, I'll take a $30 guy here, a $35 guy here, a $20 guy, a $15 guy, a $10 guy, a $7 guy, a $20 guy, a $21 guy, and have you know 11 of my 12 11 or 12 of my guys being you know, minimum 10 bucks, but I probably don't spend over $30 or $40 for any of them. And I probably don't get a top 10 player. I may not even get a top 20 player, but I might end up with 11 guys who are top 50 players. Right, that's the, that, they're the different strategies. Now, in general, I will like a balanced auction strategy myself. That's how I would like to do it. There are the shallower the league, anything under 12, you go to 10 teams or shallower, anything less than 150 players rostered, Stars and Scrubs works better because there's way more talent available on the waiver wire. And for those $1 players, you're getting players who are the 100th best player, the 110th best player. If you go to 14-team leagues, 16 teams, you go to 20-team leagues, it is almost impossible to win with a with a stars and scrubs method because you will pay up. Because again, you got to pay up higher. So Giannis, instead of 65, will be worth 90. Luke will be worth 70 or whatever. There's 160 bucks gone. And then your guys that you get for $1, your $1 players aren't Kelly Oubre. They aren't those guys you take a flyer and a pick 120. Your $1 players become Seth Curry. Your $1 player becomes... Peyton Pritchard. And that's not very exciting, is it? So, again, people will go, I'll just find my waiver wire guys with, with stars and scrubs. And I'll, I know how to pick my late round sleepers. That's all well and good. And this is why I'm against stars and scrubs usually. 
Because if one of those players goes, if one of your two or three major $50, $60 plus players goes down, you are, you are rooted. You are screwed. Because you cannot replace Giannis' production with a $1 waiver wire player. Giannis does not get replaced by Pat Connaughton. If I lose my best player in a balanced scenario, let's say that best player is Drew Holiday, for example. Let's stick with the Bucks theme. Drew might be the 30th best player, and I spent $28 getting him, and he ends up being my best player. And my team is then filled out with Devin Booker. My team is filled out with DeAndre Ayton, McCall Bridges, Miles Bridges, um, CJ McCollum, Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, whoever it is. Like That's how my team's filled out, with all these guys who are worth $30 to $20. And if Drew Holiday goes down, the difference between Drew Holiday and a $1 waiver wire replacement is not that big. Plus, I have not just lost 80% or you know, let's say 40%. Giannis might account for 40% of my team's production in general because of how big his numbers are. Drew goes down, he's 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever it is, 20% of my team's total production. So replacing that is a lot easier. It's very much the same now when we look at the Lakers in real life. If Anthony Davis goes down, like you don't just slide in another good rotation player. Like you've just got a bunch of minimum guys. Now they're in a different scenario because some of these guys have taken minimums. But you know, Westbrook goes down and then you're relying on Kendrick Nunn and Wayne Ellington as your backcourt. You know, that's, that's very much uh, a stars and scrubs roster building. Whereas in Charlotte, Charlotte aren't going to be as good as the Lakers. But if Gordon Haywood goes down, Kelly Oubre slots in, Miles Bridges slots in. The drop-off is not as severe. So they're not going to they're not going to be as significantly impacted by an injury as a stars and scrubs type lineup. LeBron goes down, Anthony Davis goes down. We saw it happen last year. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't very good, was it? Whereas other teams can mitigate that. Now that might not work as well in the NBA, but in a fantasy situation, if your league is deeper than twelve, if you go deeper than thirteen man rosters, even twelve team leagues, um, I think balance is the way to go. Now the problem with this is is if everyone starts doing balanced in a draft, then these top end guys. I just keep using Luca and Giannis' examples. Instead of going for $65, they start going for $50, $54, because no one wants to bid up. And then you've got to look at market inefficiencies and go, well, this is bullshit. I'll grab those guys because that is a tremendous value. And I will adjust my strategy. So I go with maybe like a Stars and Scrubs light or a balanced plus. It's just terms that I just made up and pulled out of my ass right now. But it's about finding that value. You go in with a plan. But if no one is bidding on these guys, you've got to say, well, screw this shit. I'm going in and I'm changing my plan on the fly and I'm making those decisions. Nominations. How do you nominate players in a, uh, in a salary cap draft? Look for the guys who are overhyped. Who's going to be an overhyped player? Well, in general, rookies. Jalen Green. Get him out early because the more money that gets drained out of the total prize pool, total uh, salary cap pool is better. If you think Jalen Green is a $3 player for this season, but there's so much hype because of his summer league and you throw him out there and Ted over there goes and throws $10 on him and someone else bids up, man, Jalen Green is so exciting. Then he goes to 11, he goes to 12. And you go, well, that's great. That's an extra $9 out of the total player pool, which I don't have to worry about. The other, you know, same, Luca is a great example of this because in a, in a category league, he's probably not a top five guy, but there are people who will just take him number one. So you think he's overhyped? You think he's worth $58? Someone will go with him for 70, 75. Get that money off the board. So that means there's less money to spend on other people, but then that person only has $130, $125 left 
to try and outbid you with other guys. In general, I like to be one of the last people to get my first player. I'll wait till everyone else grabs guys. I will often wait and I've left with the $180, $170 where everyone else is down to 70. So that anyone else who comes up, if I need to spend an extra two, three dollars to get that player that I want, I get them. Guys, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, PGA Golf, NBA Summer League, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the games, into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today using our promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. All right. What are other nomination things? Draining the pool. That's sort of what I mentioned there. Get the money out. Get as much money out as you can. And again, if everyone else is waiting back, you've got to take advantage of that. But the more money that comes out of a pool in a salary cap draft, the better it is for you to get the bargains that you want. Now, you can't really set yourself and say, I must have this player. You have a pool of guys that you want. And if this guy ends up going, because you never know who's going to get nominated, who's going to get overspent on, you just don't know. So if you really want Derek White, Maximum Derek, and your software provider saying that he is a $5 player, but someone else throws him out there and starts you're getting him at $10, and you go, that's great. Get that extra money off there, and I don't want to spend that. But you want that money off the board as much as possible. Again, if everyone has this strategy, you have to be able to adjust, but you want to drain money out of the pool. Target your league. Is your league full of Westbrook stands? You got big Laker fans in your league? Are you drafting in Boston where everyone loves the Celtics and they're going to overspend for Dennis Schroeder, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum? Know who your league is after and throw those players out early. You have big Steph Curry fans? Steph goes out first. Let someone overspend, get the money out of there. You know someone in your league loves Derek White more than I do? Throw Derek White out early. Get them to show their hand, get them to spend their money early and get them to get that money out so you can get other players. Know who you are drafting against as much as you can. Look at players' teams' names. Westbrook Chip, Lucas Season, whatever it is, throw those players out, see if they get them. Yeah, I'm, I'll call this guy out. He's not calling him out. Yeah, you. A lot of you guys will know uh, Jonas Nader from uh, Roto World or NBC Sports Edge. He loves Jaron Jackson Jr. So if you're in a draft with Jonas, put Jaron Jackson out there and see how much you can get Jonas to spend. You're in a draft with me. You, you know the players that I like. Try and get me to spend. It won't work because I'm telling you the strategy, but that's what you try and do. See, if you can know your guys, if they're your friends, or you know them from online, or you know them wherever, throw players out, see what you can target, and get that money out of there. Bidding wars. When you're bidding for a player, bidding up can be risky. I don't want this guy, but I want to see if I can extract more money from this other guy as as much as I can. You have to understand that there is a big risk that you just get stuck with that player that you don't want from bidding up. Now, maybe you push an extra couple of dollars. If you can get two, three dollars onto a player, that's great. But be really cautious if it's a guy that you would say, I'd be okay if I spent on this player, but I don't really want him. Because if you get stuck with him, it can turn to disaster really quickly. 
So just be really, really careful about the risk of getting stuck. And if the risk of getting stuck is way too high in terms of getting an extra dollar onto a player, then just don't do it. It's not worth it. It is a legitimate strategy to bid up, but be really careful when you're doing it. Quick bidding. So what I mean by this is that someone goes out there, let's continue to use the Giannis example. Giannis is out there for 50 bucks, so I see it 50 and I smash 51 straight away. And they hit 52 and I smash 53 straight away. So I'm basically going there and saying, don't fuck around, I mean business, I want this guy. Bang, bang, bang. I've got plenty of money to burn. Bang, I'm, I'm bidding, bang. All right, just keep bidding on them. Now you may, that may not be what you do, but what you're trying to do is to, there's so much psychology in a salary cap draft because you're trying to tell the others, don't worry about it, I'm going to take Yanni no matter what. Now, that can also reverse psychologize, which is not a word, but I made it up. But it can reverse psychologize because it can make people think, well, hey, Josh wants Yanni no matter what. I'm going to bid up for him and I'm going to keep bidding. And then what you can do is pull out and leave that other person stuck with a player they didn't want at a price they didn't want to spend. This is, can really mind fuck you, salary cap drafts. There's so much about it. The other option to quick bidding is clock winding down. Giannis is at $65. You've bid for him, and I'm going, oh, man, okay, five seconds, four, three, two, all right, hit it right on one second. And then the other person, I've got him, only one more dollar, only one more dollar is all it needs, and uh, yeah, Josh was really debating whether he wanted to go back there to the Kumpo, and then, yeah, again, uh, one more dollar gets it. But it can lull that person into a false sense of security. There's so much mind games and so many mind games and uh, and playing with other guys in this, which... Hey, Giggity. that you have to be aware that people can be doing one thing, but also doing the same thing for the complete opposite reason. And there are different ways that you can go about it. And you don't always want to be a quick better. You don't always, because if you're just always a clock winding down guy, they're going to go, Josh, this fuckhead. Every time he lets the clock run down, just make a bid, my guy. And they're not going to fall for it. But if you quick bid some, you slow bid others, you'll have everyone guessing, going, I don't know what he wants. Shit, I didn't expect him to take this guy. Huh, did you get stuck with this guy? And they don't know your plan. So if they don't know your plan, they can't plan against you. You know your plan. Mix up how you bid. But if they don't know your plan, they can't plan against you. Late draft strategy. In general, you want your bench to have, you, you want at least one $1 player, which is a guy that will be immediately streamed, probably two $1 guys. Now, if you're in a situation where you've done a balanced draft, and you have got 12 players who are top 50 guys, I don't think that's a wrong decision. You still want to have, you don't want to have 13 top 70 guys because it gives you no streaming ability whatsoever. But if you can get 12 top 60 guys and one $1 guy at the end of a draft, which just becomes a streaming spot, that's fine because other streaming spots will open when one of your players gets injured and you move them to injured reserve or you do two for one trades or whatever you do. Right, but always want to have some one dollar players. But work out how many one dollar players you're going to have. What your strategy is going to be? You're going to do three. The standard would be three one dollar players per team. But again, if I'm going balanced, I probably want one, maybe two one dollar guys, and try and get eleven to twelve top seventy players. If you're in a stars and scrubs, you're probably doing six one dollar players, with a couple of five dollar players in there, and then like three sixty dollar guys. Money left over. People look at this as an absolute cardinal sin. Oh, you went out with $5 left. Woohoo, screwed that up. It doesn't matter. Now, if you've got over $10 left, $12 left, maybe then you have miscalculated. But if every player that you got went at $3, $4 under what you wanted to spend, 
and you ended up with 11 top 50 players, probably hard to do, but it's not completely crazy, and you end up with $6 left, should you have just spent $6 extra to get a guy that got over overbid on? No. So don't stress about it too much. If you are in a, in a dynasty format, money left over is actually a good thing because usually in a dynasty format, your, your salary cap budget then becomes your team's salary cap. So if you've only spent $190, it means you've got $10 worth of cap space. And that can be important as well. But don't fret if you've got $3 left or $4 left. It doesn't mean that you've screwed the draft up. It doesn't mean that at all. You don't want to leave too much money left over. And it, often if, if I've got one spot left and it's a $1 play and I've got, you know, there's someone else there who can bid three, I'll just throw $5 on him. Oh, I've got the money. Who gives a shit? It doesn't actually matter because we're not talking about your retaining salaries. Because in a salary cap redraft league, what you spend for them in the, in the salary cap draft has no bearing whatsoever during the season. So if you take a $1 guy and put $10 on him at the end of the draft, it means nothing because it doesn't carry over to mean anything during the season. Auction tips, again, leave yourself that streaming spot. I think is important. Do plenty of mocks. Watch my mock drafts. I'll have a couple of auction mocks this year for sure. Just continue to do them and get your strategy down. Planning. This is super important. This is what I like to do is I like to look at, you know, I'll use Basketball Monster for this and I'll construct my team. Well, theoretically, this is what this player is going for on Yahoo. This is what their average action, uh, auction dollar is. What sort of team can I build? using those average auction dollar prices, compare it to how they're valued, say on Basketball Monster, for what, how, you know, their average auction dollar price is $50 on Yahoo, but you think they're a $60 player. So say, well, I, I therefore would be happy to spend $54 on this guy. What ended up value does that, that give you? And have, have a structure. But if I don't get this guy, I can pivot to this strategy. And in general, if you have a winning auction team, Right, what I think you end up doing is getting, based on your evaluation, whether you're using my projections and valuations or, or your own or whatever, if you can get $300 worth of player value for $200, you will go re really close to winning that league. And that is not a crazy thing to do because you, you can end up getting $10 players for $2, $30 players for $13. Because there's always going to be these weird mid-range guys, the 30 to 70 ranked players, that because everyone has blown their load on the big names at the start of the draft, is that these guys who are $30 players will end up having a Yahoo value of $12 and you get them for nine and you've just made a ton of money. You do that on five blokes, you've, you've, there's your $300 value right there. So, But planning it out, working out how you can do it, who looks completely undervalued to you based on the Yahoo value versus your projected value? Target those guys. Give yourself a buffer. So when I like to plan out an auction budget as well, a salary cap budget, I don't try to spend my $200. I would try and create, here's my 13-man team using $190. And that gives me wiggle room. Because if that guy that I wanted, let's say it is Rudy Gobert, right? And I say, I want Rudy Gobert because his uh, Yahoo number says that he is worth $12. I think he's actually a $28 player, right? But let's use that average auction value on Yahoo at $12 and build my team up. But if I build it, my team up to a $200 total in my fake planning, and then Rudy, instead of going for $12, goes for $18, then my $200 budget is, is cooked. I'm, I'm already over. If everyone else goes for their average price, I'm over. So I planned it at $190. It gives me $10 wiggle room. So then on my plan, 
Now, don't you, don't you you can't go in and just stick to it. These are the 13 guys I want. These are the only 13 guys that I'm drafted because prices will vary. You've got to have flexibility, but you have like a pool of 30 guys that you want and you know, sort of a, a decision flowchart tree of what happens if this guy goes here, what do I do if I miss this guy, blah, blah, blah. Different players in similar skill sets at similar price points. But say Gobert, I had price at $13 and he goes at $17 and I bought him, then I have plus four. Right, so I'm $4 higher than my initial budget. But if the next guy I get, I get $2 under what I expected to spend, then I'm back to just plus two. So I keep a little notepad with that little, that going there with that little ledger. Am I plus four? Am I, am I minus two? Have I got extra money to spend? Hey, look, these first four guys I've got, I'm actually $10 under what I thought I would spend. So therefore, instead of me spending on a $30 guy here, I can go get a $40 guy. I can go and get Trey Young. For $40 instead of CJ McCollum for 30 numbers completely made up. Because I've saved $10 earlier on, I can actually spend up a little bit more. That is what I mean by planning. That is what I think is important. And the more you practice, the more you plan, this will come together. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and here on YouTube. Now, we are going to do lots of salary cap drafts mock drafts, uh, maybe some real drafts as well on this channel in the coming months. So make sure you stay tuned. Rewatch this video before you go to do one, before you go to do a mock. Do your mock, see where you screwed up, come back and watch the video again. And while you're doing it, give it a thumbs up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.